Hey there, and welcome to season two of Navigating the Pandemic, the show that explores COVID-19 and how it impacts our daily lives. I'm Kat, a recent college graduate with a degree in anthropology and global health. As a reminder, this season is focused on the social determinants of health and COVID-19. The social determinants of health are the non-medical factors that influence health outcomes. And these could be the conditions where people are born, grow, work, live, and age. In the last episode, we talked about mental health outcomes. Today, I have the pleasure of welcoming Dr. Danielle Morales on the show to discuss her peer-reviewed, nationally representative research study titled Racial and Ethnic Disparities in Household Food Insecurity During the COVID-19 Pandemic. And just to clarify, in this episode, we're using the definition of food insecurity from Dr. Morales' study, which is defined as the limited or uncertain ability to acquire adequate food for one or more household members. Her study and the reference to this definition will be in the show notes. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Dr. Morales. Would you provide some background about who you are and your expertise? Yes, of course. Um, thank you, Kat, for this opportunity. Um, very happy to be here today. Um, my name is Danielle Morales. I am a sister professor of sociology uh, working at the University of Texas at El Paso. Um, I'm originally from China. I came to the U.S. in 2007. I attended Texas A&M University and received my PhD in sociology. After that, I've been working as a postdoc and assistant professor at the University of Texas at El Paso. Um, my research interests are related to social inequalities, especially how factors related to social inequalities, such as gender, race, sexual orientation, affect people's living experience. I have explored topics such as um, residential segregation, environmental justice, school bullying, and of course, food insecurity. And during the COVID pandemic, two students became really passionate about this topic. And uh, so they joined my research team and we started looking into food, how food insecurity um, affected people from different racial groups in the context of a global public health crisis. And we find some interesting findings and uh, that's uh, some background of this project. I'm really excited to talk about your findings because I also thought they were very interesting. No spoilers, everybody, you have to keep listening. (laughs) But thank you so much for that overview. And clearly, you're doing really important work in helping us understand social inequality. So let's jump into discussing your study. A lot of pre-pandemic research really demonstrates that food insecurity is much higher among minority groups but your study was really focused on food security across different racial groups in the context of the pandemic. I was wondering if you would break down the methodology of your study and tell us how you analyzed your data in the context of COVID-19. Yes, that's a very interesting question. As you mentioned, Kat, yes, the literature does show that racial ethnic minorities tend to experience higher levels of food insecurity in general. So my students and I, 
were interested in examining this racial ethnic disparities in food insecurity, but also in the context of the COVID nineteen pandemic. The research question we're trying to answer is: if we still have this racial ethnic disparities in food insecurity during COVID, and we decided to conduct a cross sectional analysis using secondary data. It was a little bit challenging at the beginning, because、um, you may remember at the beginning of the pandemic, a lot of data had been collected to track the mortality and mobility rates, but less data available out there to understand the social consequences of COVID nineteen. But luckily. The U.S. Census Bureau collaborated with five other statistical federal agencies to、um, develop this household pulse survey, the HPS. This is a very incredible、um, national survey because the Census Bureau used their standard survey sampling, and they have been collecting data every other week. We use the data collected during the first week. It's around mid-April, and our analysis included about seventy-four thousand four hundred thirteen American households across the fifty states and the DC. So, using this data set, we decided to examine the direct relationship between race and food insecurity. But as we know, many other factors could contribute to people's experience of food insecurity, such as people's demographics, age, sex, household structure, social economic status, and health. So we decided to use a multi-variate model to control all other possible factors, and also our dataset has a clustered. Structure that means our data are clustered within different states, and the social and the cultural context of different states may also influence people's experience of food insecurity. So we decided to use the generalized estimation equations to run this analysis because the GEs are good at handling clustered datasets. We developed different regression models to predict、um, people's overall food insecurity levels. But、um, the very important part of this study is in the HPS survey. They asked not only the level, the level of food insecurity, but also specific reasons related to food insecurity. So we were able to run models to predict why people were food insecure. Those are some basic analysis we used in this study. Thank you so much for that overview. I think you did a great job of breaking down something really complex <laughs>、oh. and maybe like hard to digest very simply. So I definitely <laughs> appreciate that, and I know the listeners will too. And I want to throw out some definitions for listeners. Just really quickly, cross-sectional sampling is you're looking at data at a population at one specific point in time, and then in a cluster sample, like what we were talking about with demographics, and also looking at different states, it's where you're dividing the population into smaller groups, and these smaller groups are the clusters. I think it's really incredible that you were able to take such a complex problem 
and also such a like demographically diverse sample group and be able to use these models to break it down. Thank you. And I also want to add that um, the value of this data set is because this is a nationally representative sample. And that means um, the findings we generated from this study can represent the population in the U.S. at the beginning of the pandemic. And talking about the population of the U.S. Um, and trying to understand this problem at large, what, what were your findings? What were your results? And did you find that the causes of food insecurity differed across the groups and how so? Yes. Yeah, I cannot wait to talk about that. Um, yes. First, we want to ask, are there racial ethnic disparities, right? So the findings from model one actually were a little bit surprising because we did not see statistically significant differences across different racial groups in terms of their levels of food insecurity, which contradict previous studies conducted before the pandemic. Also didn't support our hypothesis. Seems like all racial groups experienced similar level of food insecurity during COVID-19. And we thought um, possible explanation is that at the beginning of the pandemic, we saw a significant increase of white food insecure households, which, which was different from the situation before COVID-19. And because of that, the racial gap was not that obvious or significant. However, thanks to the HPS survey, uh, we were able to look into the specific reasons related to food insecurity, and that we did find racial inequalities, specifically for African-American households. As compared to white households, they were more likely to report that they could not afford to buy more food. And for Asian and Hispanic households, they were more likely to report that they were afraid to go out to buy food. And particularly for Asian households, they reported that they could not go out to buy food because of transportation or health issues. And finally, there is concern is that the store, one of the options is the store does not have the food we want. And as compared to other racial groups, white households were more likely to report that the stores do not have the food they wanted. Um, so this is very nuanced findings. And to the best of our knowledge at that time, no other studies show different, different racial groups faced different food challenges during COVID-19. Absolutely. I think nuanced is really the perfect word to describe these challenges because I was shocked when I like before I got to the end of the study when when I was reading over the findings I I really couldn't believe that initially the findings were that households headed by blacks Asians Hispanics and other racial and ethnic minorities really weren't significantly more food insecure than white households but you're right it definitely takes that nuance and that lens to really pick apart the data and figure out the why and understand that Sure, all groups maybe experienced similar levels of food insecurity early on, but what you see at face value isn't the whole truth. So I was really um, surprised, but also glad that researchers like you are helping us understand that different variables, like you said, 
money, fear, accessibility, food supply, all of these play into different types of food insecurity. I kind of want to move forward and ask you about the significance and and the implications of your research because these are really important findings. We're still in the midst of the pandemic and thinking about food policy for years to come. I think food insecurity across different racial minority groups was already at the forefront of a lot of people's minds before the pandemic. And now it is an issue that has been exacerbated, changed. And I was wondering if you'd be able to talk about food injustice and how that fits into the larger picture of food insecurity from the purview of your study. Yes, absolutely. The reason we started this project is really um, my two students and myself, we observed how people struggled in our local community during the pandemic. I know a lot of organizations were trying really hard to help people. And we saw those people were waiting in those long lines to get free meals. And that really inspired us to do this study. And I'm really um, glad um, this work got some attention. And I think to me, the significance is that some scholars argue that racial ethnic minorities experience food insecurity because of their lower socioeconomic status. And because um, they have lower income, more likely to be unemployed. But I think these studies show there is direct link between race or racism um, and food insecurity. Because in our models, we use this um, powerful statistical tool to control other factors. We control people's income, their education level, employment status. But there's still significant link between race and food insecurity, and especially for um, Asian households. Asian Americans are often overlooked in the literature of food insecurity because of their higher uh, socioeconomic status or their model minority label. But as we know, at the beginning of the pandemic, there are more discrimination or violence against Asian Americans. And we believe probably this is the reason why Asian households more likely to report they were afraid to go out to buy food. And this is evidence, empirical evidence, suggesting that structural inequalities and racism could directly affect people's experience of food insecurity, and that is food injustice. Some scholars only focus, see food insecurity, look at it in in terms of individual choice. But I, I argue that we have to uh, look at it deeper and see this as a symptom of social disease. And we cannot just treat the symptom. We have to understand the deep reason of food inequalities across different racial groups. That is a structure. There are structural problems. For example, African-American households just they could not, they don't have the resources to buy more food. As compared to white, they believe the, the store didn't have the food they wanted. Um, so to address this issue, we have to have a deep understanding of social inequalities and find a way to change the structure. I agree. Racism plays such a big role in food accessibility 
and should definitely be something that informs our policy because it is a multifaceted problem. And I think what you said was incredible. It is a symptom of a social disease. And so we have to address this problem holistically and look at cultural insights, socioeconomic insights. There's so many different ways to tackle this problem because it is influenced by a multitude of different variables. And in addressing this, as sort of a call to action, what are ways that you think we can increase food equality and promote food justice and food accessibility in our society? Do you think that your research could be a tool that we can demonstrate to policymakers and say something needs to be done? Yeah, thank you. That's definitely the hope, right? We are researchers. Um, we want to provide empirical evidence to indicate what are what are the problems. I'm definitely not the expert who can say how to address them, but I think there are some implications from this study. One thing I have I didn't mention is in our sample among all those food insecure households. Surprisingly, a large proportion of them did not receive any food, any support from the, those uh, food assistance programs. Of course, that's the one of the limitations of the data. We did not, we didn't know why um, they didn't receive the support. Is it because it was still the beginning of the pandemic? or just because they were not qualified. So I would say definitely we need more support for assistance programs for vulnerable households. But also, I think um, we need to have a better understanding of why different groups are facing food insecurity. Could it be caused by all different reasons? For example, in another study, we found that a lot of households with children, free lunch, free meals from school is important resources for them before the pandemic. However, during COVID-19, that support system was totally interrupted. Although a lot of schools, school districts were still providing free food, families um, sometimes could not even get to school to pick up the free food. As in this study, we find that families, especially Asian households, mentioned they, they had difficulties to go out to buy food. The same thing, many families could not to go to school to pick up the free food. So we have to uh, realize, besides food itself, also other, other issues relate to access to food. Uh, policymakers, local communities have to work together to make sure all Americans can have a sufficient and healthy food. Absolutely. Food is a human right. Um, and food assistance programs are key. Like you said, more research is definitely needed to understand the different variables that are causing disparities in food security outcomes. Food insecurity really is a reflection of environmental conditions, societal treatment, so many other variables. So I just want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Um, I really appreciate all of your knowledge, you sharing your wisdom, and I know that listeners are going to find your research shocking, surprising, interesting, so many different adjectives. Um, but thank you for doing the work that you do because it is changing the world. <laughs> One published study at a time. <laughs> thank you so much. And thank you for the opportunity. 
Um, so I'm not sure if anybody could tell, but food insecurity is something that is very near and very dear to my heart. And the really important implications of research like this, we are in the midst of a pandemic that is probably going to become endemic in the human population. And now we're at a really critical time of trying to understand lessons learned. How do we prepare for the next pandemic? And where did we fall short in addressing COVID-19? And so research on food insecurity and the social determinants of health and social inequity is really critical. And I highly encourage everybody to read this study for themselves. I've included lots of very interesting resources in the podcast description, and I'm stretching out this theme to another episode. So stay tuned for another episode on food insecurity and COVID-19.